Welcome to Royal Grace Chapel, the empowerment center where faith comes alive through inspiring messages and teachings. At Royal Grace Chapel, our mission is to empower you to connect with God in worship, relationship with other believers, and enable you to fulfill your purpose for global impact. We believe in the power of transformation through the Word of God, and that's exactly what you'll experience as you journey with us through our plethora of messages. Get ready to be equipped, uplifted, and empowered on your path of faith. Be transformed as you listen to today's empowering message. Lift your hands. Father, tonight, we thank you because you are here to teach us, to minister to us. And above all, Lord, I ask, even in this night meeting, give somebody a miracle. Give somebody a miracle. Give somebody a visitation. Give somebody a touch from heaven. Give somebody a testimony tonight. Receive a testimony tonight. Receive a testimony tonight. Receive a testimony tonight. Receive the touch of God tonight. In the name of Jesus. As I receive the touch of God tonight. In the name of Jesus. And I declare over you tonight. Tonight is not a night you have come to waste your time. It's a night you will remember to give glory to God. Father, touch your children in new ways. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout a louder amen. Hallelujah. You may please be seated. God bless you. Say with me, I have a miracle working God. Can I hear somebody say it loud? I serve a miracle working God. Ask your neighbor, do you serve a miracle working God? If your neighbor is not sure, look for somebody else and say, ask, do you serve a miracle working God? Now, what is the response of your neighbor? Get a response from your neighbor. I said, get a response from your neighbor. Now, if there is no neighbor, then you'll be your neighbor and say, I serve a miracle-working God. And if there are two neighbors, point to the two say, we serve a miracle-working God. And if there's one neighbor, face that one neighbor and say, you serve a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Now, tonight, uh, I want to share something that is going to bless you in a new way. Amen. Somebody say, I'm expecting to be blessed. Say, last say, I'm expecting to be blessed. Hallelujah. Now, I'm sharing on the subject, living the understanding of God. Living the understanding of God. Living the understanding of God. I want to welcome all of you, wherever you're joining from tonight. I trust you're going to be blessed the more. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 57. Psalm 119 verse 57. Online audience, I believe God is touching you wherever you are too. Psalm 119 verse 57. It says, when I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort. Oh Lord. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort. Oh Lord. Now, the same person then said in Psalm 77, verse 3. Psalm 77, verse 3. Okay, leave NLT a bit. I like NLT. Give me that 57. Said, I think of God, I mourn. Overwhelmed with longing for his help, interlude. 
Now, the same Psalm 77 verse 3 says, another translation, when I remember God, now NLT says, I think of God. Say with me, I think of God. Say with me, I think of God. Ask your neighbor, do you think of God? Say, I think of God. Say loud and clear, say, I think of God. So he said, when I remember God or when I think of God. Now, I want to ask you something. But before I ask you, I want to say something that a man of, uh, a, a man of God said. A.W. Tozer, he was a fantastic man of God. He said something. He said, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So in one sense, what he's saying here is that the most important thing about your life is what comes to your mind when you think about God. When you think about God. And I'm going to do something. I want to ask you something. Oftentimes we think we know God. Oftentimes we think we have a full knowledge of God. But how you will truly know who God is to you or what is what comes to your mind when you remember him, when you think of him, when the thought of God comes to you, your response to that thought determines of a truth if God you claim to know is the true God. Your response to the not to the thought of God, to the knowledge of God, when you think about him, what response does it generate? That is actually, pay attention to it. Because your response is a revelation of your knowledge of God. Your response, when the thought of God comes to you, when you think about God, is a revelation of your knowledge of God. And I'm going to tell you something. So, listen everybody. When you think of snake, what comes to your mind? Snake. If I said there is a snake there, what would what what will come what what will come to your mind? You will laugh. You will sit down. So what I say? Hey, watch! There is a snake. Even the way I'm saying it, some of you are thinking already, right? So when you hear snake, 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 what comes to your mind? Danger, fear comes, death comes, something that can kill comes. And do you know that even if you are weak, it generates a response from you. The thought of snake generates a response from you. So what will you do if you hear there's a snake within you? What will you do? You will increase your speed. You will jump up, right? You will scream. Some of you will not even enter that room again. Even if they kill the snake in the room, some of you will not want to enter that room again. Why? It has generated a response from you. Every thought generates a response from you. When you hear lion, lion, and someone say, there is lion outside, what will come to, what, what, what will come to your mind? Do you realize that it will generate a response from you? What response do you think that will generate? Some of you think of entering the ceiling, entering the roof, 
Some of you will be thinking of how to climb on something. In fact, some of you will think of locking the door. Different response because you heard that there is a lion out there. Am I right or wrong? Good. When you hear that someone is a thief and is harmed, what comes to your mind? Is it somebody you feel like going to org? You don't. So do you realize that it generates a response from you? So then the question is, when you hear of God is here, or when you think of God, what comes to your mind? Think about it. Think about it. What response does it generate from you? If I say, you are a child of God. Or if I say, do you know God? If I, or if I hear, God is here. God is here with us. God is in this place. What response does it generate from you? If I say a snake is here and it generates a response of fear, fright, and flight. If you hear that there is a lion here and his glory, his lordship is the next one. Then the third one is his holiness. 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 Ha. Huh. Holiness is special. To be holy is to be special. The Bible says in him there is no shadow or turning in him. There is no variableness in him. You and I look at us. Even the, the president of the world, look at how sometimes they will say something and they will mean another. They will say they want to make things better. They will do another thing. Some of them have been caught in places that they don't have to be caught. Men that we hold in high esteem and we've seen them fall like paper because of sin. But yet, since the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world, our God exists. And after the foundation of the world has laid, he has never told a lie. He has never sinned. No iniquity is found in him. You, when you realize the way you are struggling with sin, struggling with some feelings. How many of you struggle with feelings sometimes? Oh, there are wood in this place. Oh, there are only woods. I should call you uh, royal woods. How many of you struggle with some feelings? Lies, stealing, anger. You, are, you get angry. You get angry. You wrath. Bible says our God is holy. Holy. That should make you tremble. So you should, in worship, in your worship, celebrate his holiness. Lord, that is why that song that the 24 elders say, Holy, holy are you Lord God Almighty. What is the Lamb? What is the Lamb? You are holy. Holy, oh, are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy, worthy is the Lamb. 
Worthy Lord, worthy is the Lamb. You are, you are holy. Hallelujah. You know, when you talk about the holiness of God, the glory of God, do you know, for instance, when you meet a Muslim, one of the things they have problem with is when you mention that God is a triune God. Trinity. Say God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they will tell you, no, God does not have a child. And nobody can give birth to God. Do you know why? Most people, Christianity is special because we believe in the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The rest of the, the other religion, they, they, they don't want to think about the triune God. That how can three also be one? How can it be God Almighty? When Jesus said, I am, I am the Son of God, or the Son of God, then the Pharisee knew what he was saying. Because he said, how can you be man, call yourself God? Because when he says Son of God means... God in human form. At the same time, he's still in heaven. His, his position has not been vacant. And he's still operated on the earth. And he still came and as he was going, he said, I'm coming back again and I will be only ghost to you. You see, the world cannot, cannot phantom me. How can he be in heaven and he's still on the earth and he's still the Holy Spirit? You know, that is why he's infinite. There's a problem if you can understand God because even the universe, you cannot understand it fully. There's a problem if you can define God in one word because even the solar system, we are still yet to discover everything about it. Then you want a God that you can just comprehend in one word that he's God. One God. No, he's a triune God. He's in heaven. He came on earth. He went back and he's still here inside of me. You cannot comprehend him. He's incomprehensible. Hallelujah. They, you see, that is what makes him God. And when you think about it, you get confused. One of the things that we, you find hard to, 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 to explain to people is Trinity. That Jesus, God, Jesus was God. Then, then he, whilst he was still here, he said, my father. <laughs> you know, he's here and he said, my father. And he's going, he said, I will come back to you again. Because you cannot fully understand him. His ways are unsearchable. So how can you then hear of God? Your heart is not trembling in worship, in adoration, in reverence of the Trinity. That's why we don't see miracles anymore. That's why we don't see his move anymore. Because do you know what one of the ways you can insult someone is when the person comes and you ignore the person. Another way you can insult someone is when the person is talking to you and you, re you refuse to use the right appellations. So when your daddy is talking to you, you say, oh boy, Alpha, to your daddy. Or when your mom is talking to you, you say, oh girl, what did they do you? You know, it, it instantly it tells you that you don't really understand who is talking to you. You see, this is why, and that lack of understanding cuts you off of some certain blessing. If you don't understand God, there is a level of blessing you cannot enjoy. 
Because it will not invoke the right response in you. It will not bring forth the right response in you. Because you don't really understand it. So when you need to kneel, you are just there chewing gum. And they will look at you and me, chewing gum. Me, almighty. He's talking to you and you are just chewing gum. What's up, God? And the same God, he then say, Lord, I'm in trouble. Come and answer me. Now, living with the understanding, right understanding of God. Triune God. You know, I just like, you know, that's why I, I like to say, oh, God, the Father. Oh, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I worship you. When, I'm, when you mention that in your worship, do you understand what you're saying? Even you yourself say, how can I worship the Holy Spirit? Am I not confused? How can I say, Jesus, I worship you? Am I? No. You see, you are telling that he's a multifaceted God that we cannot fully phantom. Holy. Lift your hands and worship him. Come on. Holy. Are you Lord? Are you Lord God? Oh, almighty. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy, are you Lord? Are you Lord God? Are you Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. You are. You are. Worship you tonight. Hallelujah, somebody. The fourth attribute of God you should celebrate in your worship. This is the response you should have in worship. Is the perfection of his love. Perfection of his love. Ha! In worship. In your worship. Learn to celebrate him for the perfection of his love. Nobody can love you more than God does. Nobody can. Listen. The Bible says God created us in his image and in his likeness, right? If your heart has been broken before, Anytime somebody breaks your heart or your heart has been broken or you feel sad, I want you to know that those emotions, God has it. God is not a wood that does not have feelings. He's a God that has boiling love. You, you think you, you see, when you love someone, you want to call the person. You want to reach out to the person. You want to send this message to the person. When you love someone, you like to buy gifts. I buy gifts for my children. I buy gifts for people that I love. I reach out to them. I, I play with them. Hey, if you feel that way towards your children, towards your, towards your husband, towards your wife, and you know, I see somebody playing with a, with a child there right now. That is love, you know. There is, it, your heart just goes out. One time, somebody said, if you want to see a mad woman, that all women can be mad, just take their child and run. I said, you will see something you have not seen before. That is love. How much more? Now, the question is, 
that is just small part of God that we are sharing. If you feel that way, how much do you know how God feels? God, in order to even tell, to demonstrate how he feels, I want to challenge you tonight. When you go back home, go and read Ezekiel 16. Go and read Ezekiel 16. Go and read Ozia. God told Ozia, say, I want the people to know how I feel. So I'm going to make you a living example of how I feel towards them. So he told Ozia to go and, to go and marry a fine girl. Ozia saw the fine girl and married the fine girl. He did everything for the fine girl. Treated her well. And um, one day the lady left her. Him. And stood. And began to prostitute herself. Now, this is the wife of Ozia the prophet. Now, as she began to prostitute herself, she has a husband that took care of her. That pays everything, cares for her, but she rather stood and was begging men to come and sleep for her, with her and that she would pay them for sleeping with her. Now, when Ozia got to know, normally, Ozia should have divorced and God said, no, despite this thing that this woman is done, go and bring her back to your house and still love her. The woman that left you, you paid her dowry. You, you bought everything for her. You cared so much for her. Then she left you, did not do anything. The only problem she asked with you is that you are too caring. Why are you not angry with me? Then she left, stood by the road and began to kneel, please come and sleep with me. I will give you any amount. She said, go and read Ozia. Read Ezekiel 16, you will see it's there. Two scriptures in the Old Testament. He said, babe, please come and sleep with me. Come and sleep with me. I have money. The money she has, she even took it from her husband's household. She carried her husband's money, stopped at the bus stop, and begged me, please sleep with me. Sleep with me. And the men were like, okay, how much will you go pay us? And different useless men began to sleep with her. How much you go pay me if I can't sleep with you? She said, I will pay you $100. No, you go pay me $200. And the money she's spending is her husband's money. And after about 20 or 40 men slept with her, then God told Ozia, go and bring her back and still love her. Ozia said, no, no, I can't do that. God said, you must do it. I'm using you to show how I feel, how people have been treating me. So that's how the children of Israel have been treating me. I do everything for them. I care for them. I love them. And yet they wake up and turn their back on me. They wake up and say they want to worship other gods. He said, I am their husband. Israel is my wife. Look at how she's treating me. Look at how she's treating me. Who can do that? Boiling love. When some of us imagine some of the things we have done for God and to God. How we have treated him. I will not even go the extra mile. Some of the excuses we have when it comes to God. But when it comes to our own need, we spend everything for our needs. But when it comes to God, say, more lower. I say, but I'm the one that bless you. I gave you life. Some of us have forgotten that this life he gave it to us. But now, we are prostituting our life with other things. And say, you are breaking my heart. You are breaking my heart. 
Look at what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. He said, but God, being rich in mercy, Ephesians 2 4, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, he didn't wait for us to come out of that sin. When we were dead in trespasses, prostituting in sin, made us alive together in Christ. For by grace, we are saved. Whilst we are still dirty, now you think that you are nice, but he, he saved you whilst you are dirty. When nobody could hug you, he came to hug you. When nobody believed that you, something good can come out of you, he says, no, I believe in you. Now, how are you saying thank you? Say, Lord, I'm too busy for you. I'm too busy. Ha! Huh. In worship, celebrate. Celebrate the love of God. I thank you for your everlasting love. Can somebody lift up your heart and just meditate on his love tonight? There is a song like that. Love of God, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. If you give yourself away, much less love. Well, me, reckless love. Is it not reckless? The reckless lover, reckless lover. Despite the prostitution, he still brings the girl back home. Despite being broken, he still says, I'm going to love you. He had, she had broken her heart several times. Now the girl is dying. He said, no, even in your dying state, I'm still going to love you. I will never give up. You have jilted me, I will still love you. You broke my heart, I will still love you. You don't pray to me, I will still love you. You said there is no God. But I see he still loves you. He said, I will still love you. Even though you say there is no God, he still sends rain to us. Some say there is no God. But he still loves us the same. He still loves us. When you think of God, let it generate a passionate response of worshiping. Celebration of his perfect love. Oh. Oh. What a love. What a love. What a love. What a love. Listen. Don't you realize that that was what evil... You see, it was screaming from heaven since the foundation of the earth. He said, I am here. I'm your God. I'm your God. Come to me. I love you. And we were hearing and we said, we, don't, we didn't hear. Then he felt, okay, how can I, how can I help them to understand? So he came down. He came down and became man. And the Bible said that he went about healing us, helping us, healing the sick, raising the dead. And for this one, we said, Why? Why are you healing us? Why are you raising the dead? Why are you turning the blind eyes open? Why? 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 Because of that, God will reject you again. Say, But is it wrong to do all this thing for you? I came. I, your God, became you that I created. I am not like you at your level. I know the only way we could love, respond as human beings. We said, we are going to kill you. 
Do you know that if God was not God, there would have been no God anymore because he would have died and he would not have resurrected again. If God was not God, when man had God to himself, the only way he could say thank you was to kill him. And he still chose to die. You know, as they were beating him, he looks, he said, forgive them for they don't know what they do. This is the beating of a lover. The beating of a lover. The beating of a lover. The Bible says that they spat on him. He took the spits. He took the wound. Ah, there's a song. Like a rose trampled on the grass. You took the fall and taught of me and taught of me above all. Perfect lover, reckless lover, like a rose, trampled on the ground. You took the ball, of me, above oh, above all Above all kings, above all nature, and all created things, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, you are here before the world above all kingdoms above all thrones above all wonders above all wonders the world has ever known above all wealth and treasures of the earth there's no way to measure. There's no way to measure what you were. Oh, crucified, lay behind the stone. You live to die, rejected. You took the fall and thought of me and thought of me above like a rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall, you took the shame. You took the pain, you took the disgrace, you took the pain, you took the shame, you took the weeping and the beating for my sake. You took the oh Lord, 
You took it all. You took it all. You took it all. I'm have loved us like this. Are you one of the prostitutes who is still breaking his heart? Or are you a true lover? He said, hey, thank you for loving me. You know, you can either be a faithful lover or an unfaithful lover. All you need to do is look at how you are living your life. After all he has done for us, he became man. He took our place. What kind of lover are you? 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 What kind of lover? He said to Ezekiel 16, I want to show you something. How my people treat me. He said, look at my bride. Took care of her. Paid her dowry, loved her, cherished her. When she's supposed to be having children for me, she left my house and stood by the roadside as a prostitute, begging men to come and sleep with her. What else can I do that I've not done for her? I've given her all my wealth and treasures, all my affection. And you thought that she would have left her by the roadside. And when all the men rejected this woman because they said she's no longer sweet. She has lost her fondness. When all the men said, no, 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 no. You are not the kind of man, woman we want anymore. And on that rainy day, she could not go back because she knew that she had left her first love. She was there in, the, in, in a lonely world under this cloud on that rainy day. All men that slept with her, not good. Not one could even bring her to her house anymore. But you know one thing? When she turned, here was the lover again. Say, I have come for you. I still love 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 you. So you see, when you think about God, your response in worship should be full of gratitude for a God who could love us in our dirty state, who has never given up loving us. The world don't celebrate the love of God anymore. We have trivialized it. And yet there is no greater love. There is no greater love than this. Show me the love that is greater than this. That a man should die for his friends. Even when the friend rejected him. What greater love can there be? This is the love of God. This is the true love of God. You see, tonight I want to encourage you. I'm asking you again, what kind of lover are you? A prostitute lover? Or a faithful lover? His hands are still open. Waiting for you to love him back. Tonight I want you to decide I, I will love you back. I will love you back. I will love you back. That this has been my prayer all my life. That I will respond and love him more. That 
is our mission that we should love him. He said, this is his own commandment. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Do you know something, people of God? Listen. When Adam, go and read Genesis chapter 3, and Eve, they broke his heart. Like a lover who is guilty, they ran away and go and eat themselves. Do you know the first person that spoke? Go and read Genesis 3, verse 7. From verse 7 downward. The Bible said, He came, my lover. And he said, And do you know something? Where are you? Give me Genesis 3. Verse 8. Give me verse 8. Verse 8. Verse 8. The voice of the Lord walking in the garden on the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife eat themselves from the presence of the Lord. God. Among these. That's why some of us are today. We have eaten ourselves now. We prefer to spend more time among trees of social media. We don't pray anymore. Among trees of our business. We have eaten our life among trees. Things that cannot save our life. Things that cannot extend our life. We spend more time among trees and garden. Adam, the one God created for his pleasure. Can you imagine? God stood there. Instead of going to oh God, Adam, look at it. He said, I love this tree more than God. I love it more than God. I love it more than God. I love this tree more than God. I love this career more than God. Oh, what career was up? I love my phone more than God. Love my children more than God. I cannot joke with my children, but I can joke with my God. And do you know something? Give me the next verse. And he said, where are you? And the Lord God called out unto Adam and said unto him, where are you? He's still calling you tonight. Only you, if you cannot hear, he's calling, where are you? I gave you a talent, where are you? I gave you a life, where are you? Where are you? I can't find you in morning time. You no longer worship me. Where are you? Where's your prayer altar? Where's your fasting altar? Where are you? God is calling you John. He's calling you Genesis. He's calling. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you is an eternal call. It's not just a call in that garden. It's still a call. It's still a call. I said it's still a call. Will you answer? Will you answer? Where are you? Some of us, when we look back, we realize that we used to have a... Before money came, we were more stronger. Before degree came, we were better Christians. Before marriage came, we were better Christians. But now, like Adam, something else has diverted our attention. And every morning, it will stand. Say, where are you? Where are you? There's a song that we used to sing. When he calls me, I will laugh and sing. When he calls me, I will laugh 
I'll be somewhere working for my God. Oh, I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere. Oh, working for my God. Somewhere working, I'll be somewhere working, I'll be somewhere working for my God. Hallelujah. And finally, tonight, when you think of God, to leave Him with the understanding of God. When you think of God, what response should He? get from you. You should get a response of service. God is to be served. And I would just want to leave you with the final scripture. You know him as Jehovah Jireh. We call him Elohim. We call him by all this wonderful name. But there is one name that we don't call God because we cannot imagine being him being called. And do you know that name? It's one name of God that reveals is who you are to him. And I will give you that name tonight. Exodus chapter 34. Look at it. Verse 14. The name of God that we have forgotten. Because we don't want to face that reality anymore. Exodus 34 verse 14. Give it to me. It says. For thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is jealous. It's not that it's like, it's his name. His name is jealous. 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 Say, he is a jealous God. Say, his name is jealous. The word jealousy. Actually, is the name of God. Is the name of God. Do you realize that it's one name of God the devil wants us to forget? Because it's the name of a lover. It's only someone who wants to be loved and adored that is called jealous. Jealous. He said, that is my name. Jealous, that is my name. You know, I went, I then asked myself, what is the meaning of jealous again? And I realize that it means possessive and suspicious. It's possessive. It's suspicious. As I'm blessing you, will he leave me? Will he leave me? As I'm giving her children, will she have time? Will she still have time for me? As she's growing up, as I'm protecting her, will she abandon me for a career? The Bible says he said he is called jealous. He doesn't want to share you with anything or anybody. He said, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. That is who I am. That is my name. Can you imagine with him, Lord, you are jealous. But if you actually you understand that his name is jealous, you will treat him well. You know, go and check again. Jealous means suspicious or fearful of being displaced by a rival. Suspicious or being fearful of being displaced by a rival. You know what? The way this guy is moving near you, I think he can displace me. 
the way this girl is coming here, I think she can displace me. So you are trying to protect, fight for your place so that another will not come and displace. But do you know that today, God has been displaced in our lives. All you just need is check how your day went and you'll see what has displaced God in your life. is God in your life? Business has displaced him. Marriage has displaced him. Career has displaced him. Children has displaced him. Money has displaced him. What has displaced God in your life? And he looks every morning and says, my son, you've forgotten that I am jealous. I gave you this life so that you can live for his glory. Serving is a jealous God. His name is jealous. A woman called Miriam Woodworth Ether. God called her. And God blessed her with spiritual gifts. But she refused to answer God's call. She went rather and married. Go and find out about ah, God's general, Woodward Etta. She married, gave birth to the first, loved the children more. I said, Etta, I'm not that far. I'm also, you can't marry, but don't let these children take my place. No. Etta gave birth to. Number two. Etta gave her to number three. And she, the more her heart was going in that marriage, Etta gave her to eight children. And she settled down finally. Said, no more time for God. Honey, what will you care to eat? Baby! And one day, the wrath of the jealous God stepped in. One after the other, the children began to die. Because you see, she has displaced God. The first one died. Second one died. Third one died. Fourth one died. The fifth died. The sixth died. It was by that time she began to realize something is not right here. Something is wrong. Seventh one died. It was at that seventh she realized, I said, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. See, a jealous rival can do anything for the one he loves. You don't have eternity to serve God. Remember, I didn't write the Bible. Exodus 34, 14. I am a jealous God. You can't keep playing. When he, when he loves you, he will, do, he will displace anything that is competing with him. Maybe perhaps that's explain why some of us are fasting and praying and we're not seeing the breakthrough. Because you see, he has still not taken his prideful place in our life. Come and take your place, oh Lord. Come and take your place, oh Lord. 
Respond tonight. Respond tonight. Respond tonight. Respond tonight. A new time has come. A new day has come. To open up to God. I give myself away. Pray for those who want to just say, Lord, use me. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Ah. Lord, raise your hands. There are higher heights. There are deeper depths. There are grounds that need to be covered for God. There are mountains that need to be climbed for God. There are valleys. For there are still multitude in the valleys of indecisions. Can you hear their cry? Can you hear their cry? Can you hear the cry of the Macedonians? As they say, please come over and help us. Please come over and help us. Or will you say when you hear the cry of the Macedonians... Say, I am busy with my children. I'm busy. I'm busy. And now our lover will look. But there are people in Macedonia that need to be reached. Macedonia is still calling. There are many that are still calling. Say, come. Hear up. Hear our cry. Help us. Lord, would you send a deliverer to us? But the Bible said that they shall arise out of Zion. Saviors of men, saviors of men, saviors of men. I pray for you tonight, everyone, that you, the Lord will kindle and rekindle in you a fresh fire and a burning love for Him. May your heart boil with the love of God again. Tonight, I pray, whatever has taken the place of God in your life. As we respond in worship. To say, Lord, you are Lord of Lords. Lord over every other thing. Lord over our marriage. Lord over our career. Lord over our business. Lord over our homes. Lord over our family. 
Lord, over every aspect. Precious Father, hear our cry tonight. Do not let another take our place. Lord, do not replace us. Oh, jealous God, we are sorry in every way we have grieved you. Any way we have hurt you. Any way we cared less about your feelings. About your church. Any way we have treated you as if you are a wood or a stone. Any way we have forgotten that you are burning with love and passion and your love and you have feelings. But we are cared less. Lord, tonight as your children, we say we are sorry. Have mercy on us, Lord. 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 Now take our lives and Lord set us on fire for you. Use us for your glory. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit that we will do great exploits for you. Fill us, oh God, with boldness Amen. that in the land of Babylon we shall make you known again. Amen. Like Daniel we shall fear no lions then. And we shall say, even if it take us our life, we will stand and make our God known. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. May we not turn down our God, but may we look at the king and say, Oh, thou king Nebuchadnezzar, hear us. If, if our God will not deliver us, yet we will not bow to you. Lord, may we be that generation again. May we be that generation again. May we be such a people again that are on fire for you, Lord. Set us on fire, Lord. Set our heart on fire for you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And like Jesus, may the zeal of your house consume us afresh. May the zeal of your house consume us afresh. And Lord, we thank you. That every blessing that you have blessed us with shall not be for prostitution. But it shall be to love you more. It shall be to the glory of your name. Amen. Every blessing you have blessed us with shall be for us to honor you. We say thank you. We honor you. Amen. We appreciate you. Ha, ah, Father, now I lift up your children into your hand. Anoint us afresh for your use, O oh God. Let our land become too small for us to take over for you. Anoint us with the spirit of zeal, with a fresh fire for exploits. How beautiful are the feet of them that bring good tidings. May we become those ones that bring good tidings. That when we show up, men will see God. They will know that God has shown up. Thank you, Father. For it is your pleasure to give us the kingdom. We give you praise tonight. Bless your people for your glory. Deliver us from prostitution. We refuse and repent from every act of prostitution. Our life is the temple of God. Now may we bring glory to you more and more. Be glorified in our lives, Father. Oh, Father, we love you. Thank you for tuning in on this episode. We hope you've been blessed and empowered to transcend new heights of faith and growth. Stay connected with us for more empowering and faith-filled messages. And remember, you are part of a community committed to transformation. Until next time, go forth empowered by God's grace.